Brett is the annual little sibling of EGX, where for a whole weekend the tobacco docks in London are packed to the brim with new and upcoming indie darlings, universities and studios hunting for new talent, and seasoned developers sharing their knowledge with the masses. It's always dripping with enthusiasm and atmosphere, and the games this year looked especially great. I'm Astrid Johnson, and I was in attendance, so the Rock Paper Shotgun crew wanted me to provide an immersive audio experience that put you in my shoes and gave you an overview of what it's like to be there. So let's crack on and allow me to take you on a journey to see the weird, wild and wonderful of EGX Res 2018. I made my way to the Tobacco Talks and arrived on Friday among the hustle and bustle of fellow excited nerds. I beelined directly to what I always had to check out first, the weird games. There was Like Roots in the Soil, a game with an actual plant pod as a controller, and Vaccination, a co-op game where one controller was basically an operation board game? Red to groin, blue to knee, uh, red to elbow. Uh. But there were two in particular that caught my eye. My name is Ben Vedren, and my game is uh, Stereopolis. Stereopolis is like nothing you've ever seen before. It's projected onto a frosted glass disc, and with 360 degree vision you have to discover and correctly align anamorphic shapes in the environment. It was an absolutely fascinating game that was disorienting in all the right ways, and came about because of Ben's curious fiddling. I first started by playing with um, distortions and like the fisheye distortions and the 360 vision and I found it quite mesmerizing and I spent hours like just playing and watching like all the shape being bent by this distortion. Despite its considerable popularity on the show floor, Ben has no plans to release the game commercially. A lot of people ask me, when will it be out on PC and uh, can we play it at home and uh, I, I don't plan to do that. I like the idea of something that is between a video game and an art piece. We then move very swiftly on from frosted glass and projectors to LEDs and doorstopper springs? My name is Robin Baumgarten and my game is called Wobble Garden. Wobble Garden is a pretty unconventional game from the creator of Last EGX's Line Wobbler that almost bridges the gap between board and video in a way both similar and dissimilar to vaccination. It consists of an array of door stoppers, each circled by a ring of LEDs, that respond to touch and to being springed, making some pretty funky sounds in freestyle mode. It also has a number of different mini-games, like a finger-walking, obstacle-dodging game that made me feel like a ninja balancing on wooden beams in a lake, and a cute koi pond simulation. But I also had a lot of feedback from, from uh, musicians and audio designers saying this could be a cool like a synthesizer or DJ tool or like some audio-visual toy. And uh, since I don't know much about audio, I will work with those developers and kind of make something cool collaborative, hopefully. In the midst of all this, I also checked out part of RPS's panel on developers making custom controllers titled The Future of Play, coincidentally enough. That's why we love first, like the custom controller for a game. Mm -hmm. And after the day wrapped up, I went to the industry party to socialise with my peers. Unfortunately, I got completely rezzed. <laughs> and forgot to record anything. Instead, in tangential celebration of PUBG creator Brendan Green's presence at the show, I asked fellow journalists about the stories they had about their local sh chicken shops. 
in Reading there is a chicken shop called Fernando's, which is legitimately getting sued by Nando's for naming, like, for, you know, stealing Nando's' name. So there's a place near me that's, that's a chicken chain that ended up getting, like, a one-star hygiene review, and we, we, had, a, we had a serious <laughs> oh debate. God. Chicken chain has only got one-star hygiene. It's like... Mm. Do we steal order from them? And we had like this, we had like this massive like, Someone got shot outside ours. Holy <laughs> <laughs> That is a chicken, that is. On Saturday, I moved on to all the really fun and wild looking games. There was Hacktag, an asymmetric co-op game where a hacker and a field agent work together to steal data from corporations. Dead End Job, a Ghostbusters inspired twin stick shooter about sucking up ghosts and racking up expensive invoices. And Shaq Thu, a legendary born. A reboot of the 90s bomb with voice acting from Shaquille O'Neal himself. Once again, there were a couple that stood out to me. Hi, I'm James Wood and I'm making Fogs. Fogs has been on the horizon for a little while now, but this is the first time I've been able to get my hands on it. It's a co-op physics puzzle game where two players control the same two-headed, legless, sausage-bodied dog. It's buckets of fun wrestling with a friend over which direction to go in and what pieces of the environment to interact with. And this dynamic is something that James finds especially crucial to the Fox experience. They kind of create their own persona as they play. It's like one player wants to get all the collectibles, that dog becomes this kind of uh, mischievous creature and if one of the other players just wants to get ahead or just mess around and have fun. Just by the game demos on the show floor, there was also a large dog bed and a fog plushie that Coatsink had bought with them as a promotional piece for the game. I can confirm that it was in fact very comfy and made me feel safe, which is not how I felt playing Disco Elysium. Imagine, if you will, that renowned gonzo journalist Hunter S. Thompson made a video game about an alcoholic cop trying to solve a murder. That, my friends, is Disco Elysium. It's a point-and-click RPG with writing that blew me away, a gorgeous and almost painterly art style, and the best narrative tone setting I've ever experienced. The first 10 minutes of the game are your inner thoughts debating with each other over whether to die in your sleep or wake up and experience the pain of reality and a probable hangover. An all too relatable scenario, and one that establishes Disco Elysium's unique skill system. Each skill, rather than an arbitrary number, is a certain aspect of your personality that influences you towards certain decisions, and levelling them increases your chances of success when picking relevant options. It's incredibly unique and drenches the game in character, and it's one that's going to be whirling around in my lizard brain for a very long time. It admittedly all got a bit much for me, so at the end of the day I decided to wind down at the Captain Kid pub for the RPS Coat Sink Joint Mixer. There were free drinks, so once again I got pretty wasted. On account of it being the last day, I spent Sunday playing some beautifully evocative and wonderful games like the pretentious I am. There were a lot of beautiful experiences over the weekend, but there were, of course, a few highlights. I'm Ole Topo, and the, the game is called Above. Sometimes, even before you talk to the person that made it, you can tell a game was made with pure love and passion. Above, a plain adventure game, is one of them. You're a woman in a flooded world on a quest to find your brother, and to do so you craft, upgrade and personalise your own 1930s era aircraft. Flying feels incredibly relaxing, and it's clear that a lot of thought went into that experience. This springs from a, a deep fascination with planes and flying in general. I mean, they're just amazing uh, vehicles. It's also a lot about owning this plane and actually experiencing flying around, you know, the feeling of the freedom of, of flying around. 
After finishing the demo, Ole gave me a small, laser-cut, build-your-own-plane kit, which I obviously immediately put together. Okay, so I'm building the plane that I got from the above developer. Apparently it's going to be a tight fit. Why not to break any of the actual parts? Brilliant, there we go, made a little plane. Played a good game, made a little plane. But above wasn't the only game I played with love clearly infused into the experience. My name's Kerry and um, I'm here with Haiku Adventure. Haiku Adventure is a stunningly peaceful point-and-click adventure game with an aesthetic inspired by Japanese woodblock printing about a man on a journey to write haikus. The developers have a real passion for both these art forms. It's a, an amazing art form from Japan with these uh, incredibly like beautiful layers of ink and they often create these beautiful landscapes. We want to give people a chance to explore these landscapes and actually sort of get, get into them. The haiku have this incredible way of like seeing the world in a more magical sort of different way. I'd like to conclude by talking about Bitsy Boutique. It's a selection of 200 games made in the Bitsy engine, a really simple tool for creating short narrative experiences. Its collection was compiled by Mark Wanakot, themselves a Bitsy games developer. The inside is like a pocket chip, which is basically a kind of Raspberry Pi cross with a Game Boy. So I, I had one of those. I thought I wanted to put it in a jewelry box or something, and I was some nice. There was some nice treasure chest kind of thing. So I thought, yeah, we'll get that. And I used a dollhouse tutorial to do the curtains. And some of the games were great, like Current Mood by Quantum Sheep, that saw you exploring the Hall of Moods. I think Bitsy Boutique is an excellent metaphor for EGX Rests. It's a huge concentration of talent, passion, humour and love, all tied up in a neat and aesthetically pleasing package. There's a real sense of camaraderie and collaboration about the Tobacco Docks halls whenever I'm there, and it's an experience that, despite being quite exhausting, I can never get enough of.